It's time for the December 22, 2023 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Haiku Poetry Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, stuck in the bushes, huffing and scratching the scat, no cares about you, <laughs> Mahler, the deep fake news dog. There he goes. Very poetic, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about the Vatican's plan for ending homelessness, pretextual stops, prescription meth, Wilma Mankiller, the reverse cowgirl, and so much more, but first, an orca update from the Orange County Register. Pod of orcas, a pod of orcas, mm -hmm. usually found in warmer waters off Mexico, have been hanging around Southern California in the last week and in Newport Beach at Sid's Blue Beat last Sunday. Oh, is that right? Yeah. At Sid's? Yeah. Oh, They're hanging around. Yeah. Okay. Eating uh, dolphin, stuff like that. <laughs> Not really. No. They're not SIDS, but they were off the coast there, and they did snack on dolphins. Okay. Yeah. Wow. The eastern tropical Pacific orcas were first spotted off Palos Verdes, playfully approaching boats and savagely hunting dolphins. I think the playfully approaching boats might have been a, uh, a lure. To make the dolphins think that they were friendly? No, to make the boat captains think that they were just and yeah. all the passengers go oh look yes orcas before the orcas yeah. battered the boat and yeah. sank it orcas are the largest member of the dolphin family so uh, they eat their own that's right Mahler. Yeah, Ma <laughs> Mahler doesn't eat his own no but he would like a cat yes he, would like he, li he likes on cat, cat jerky he told me <laughs> Well, no, I think he said, I think he said he likes jerky casts, you know. <laughs> From Science Daily. When someone starts to cry, most of the time you feel empathy and concern, but the biological reasons for shedding tears can extend beyond a sense of compassion. New research has discovered that the tears themselves appear to take on a role as a chemical peacemaker. The researchers needed at least one millimeter of tears to use on each experimental participant, which, according to scientists, is a lot of tears. Yeah. I think that's a technical term. It is. A lot. A lot. Too many teardrops for one heart to be crying, at least. <laughs> Using an onion or other irritant to force someone's eyes to water is not an option because those are completely different types of tears. Yeah. To collect the tears used for the study, the team put out a call for volunteers who cry easily only a few men showed up, <laughs> and none were able to produce enough tears to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Of the 100 or so women who volunteered, only six were able to supply enough tears for the experiment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The researchers found that the women's tears acted to reduce aggression in men who were close enough to smell the tears, according to the findings, and confirmed that through human behavioral studies, brain imaging, and molecular biology. Is that saying, Nathan, that we unconsciously smell tears? Is yeah, we smell tears, and then that sets us off a little bit so that we're less aggressive. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. We believe this is a shared mechanism of many mammals, said Shawnee Agron, a co-leader of the study. For example, mole rats go so far as to cover themselves in their own tears to chemically deflect aggression from dominant members in their group. Wow. That happened to me at KUCI once. Yeah, somebody was shedding tears. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you, you know, if you want me to cry. No. Let just just start talking about the Lakers over the last 10 years. Really? I just burst into tears right here in front of you. Really? Oh, yeah. Participants in the human study could use any means they wanted to elicit tears, from listening to sad music to reading a sad letter, but most turned to the lab's expansive lab library of sad movies. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Show me some... Uh, it's a wonderful life, you yeah, know. Yeah, that'll do it for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. The researchers found that when the men sniff the women's tears, and again, this isn't a sexist thing, it's just that not too many men showed up. Anyway, the men were nearly 44% less aggressive in the game than when they sniffed the saline solution. That's yeah. how they were yeah. gauging yeah. Uh, them by playing a particular game <laughs> babies cannot communicate with you in language a researcher said but evolution may have provided babies with this tool to lower aggression mm -hmm. so when a baby's crying it's not just like maybe in pain maybe it's saying cut it out yeah they don't yeah. want this yelling anymore the fact that people continue to be able to produce tears throughout adulthood indicates that crying they say is a behavior that serves us throughout our lives yeah. wow if you're shedding tears or smelling tears, may I recommend a donation to KUCI because we are too. Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Mm -hmm. From Reuters News Service. Denmark agreed to impose a tax on air passengers to help finance the airline industry's transition to sustainable aviation fuels, which will gradually be phased in starting in 2025. This according to the Danish government. I like that idea. Tax them. Yeah. I think there's anything that we can do to spur this. I have heard that the idea that a plane would be fueled by something other than fossil fuel is technically a long ways off yeah a whole long ways off but yeah that starts somewhere this is just denmark yeah they only have three planes <laughs> just just a little joke to my danish friends out yeah, there you know. yeah under the agreement the tax will by 2030 reach around 50 danish crowns or seven dollars and 35 cents per passenger for intra-european flights yeah so if you're just going to paris yeah. it only costs you seven dollars more 310 crowns for medium distance flights that's 45 bucks for well, uh you know yeah. if you're going to say to <clears throat> yeah. i don't know moscow yeah and 410 crowns for long distance yeah. flights or that's about 60 bucks <laughs> from ars technica at its peak hurricane larry 2021 strong and long-lived cape verde hurricane dropped over 100,000 microplastics per square meter of land per day. Uh, Newfoundland, the predominant thinking used to be that microplastics would flush into the ocean and stay there. Yeah. 
But recent research has found that the seas are in fact burping the particles into the atmosphere to blow back onto land, both when waves break and when bubbles rise to the surface, Great. flinging microplastics into sea breezes. Yeah. Because microplastics travel so readily on winds and ocean currents, what were once considered pristine environments are now anything but. Microplastics from Europe, for instance, have polluted the Arctic, in turn contaminating the algae Melissera arctica, which grows on the underside of sea ice. The algae are the very base of the Arctic food chain, meaning all sorts of organisms are getting dosed up on microplastics. And Nathan, I think this is uh, a scourge that will stay with us for the rest of time. <laughs> At some point when the sun burns out and the uh -huh. earth is just kind of a, a rock floating through space, yeah. somebody will land on it, look at it, and go, oh, what is this weird little... Yeah, what's this Barbie doll? What what, this bar what's that made <laughs> out of? these Barbie dolls? Yeah, yeah what is... From Reuters News Service, a new California law that would bar licensed gun holders from carrying their firearms into an array of public places will not go into full effect on January 1st as scheduled after a federal judge blocked major parts of it as unconstitutional. The law, Senate Bill 2, was part of a slate of new gun control measures passed this year in California in response to a sweeping U.S. Supreme Court ruling that reigned in state gun control measures nationwide, and to several high-profile mass shootings in the state this year, including in Half Moon Bay and Monterey Park. Mm -hmm. In his decision to block the law, U.S. District Judge Cormac J. Carney, an appointee of President George W. Bush, wrote that the law's coverage is sweeping, talking about the California law, the law's coverage is sweeping, repugnant to the Second Amendment, and openly defiant of the Supreme Court. Well, he got two out of three. California Governor Gavin Newsom, who signed the bill into law and has called for tougher gun control restrictions in the state and at the national level, immediately swung back with his own statement in defense of the measure. Defying common sense, this ruling outrageously calls California data-backed gun safety efforts repugnant. Newsom said, what is repugnant is this ruling, which greenlights the proliferation of guns in our hospitals, libraries, and children's playgrounds, spaces which should be safe for all. And I'm with Mr. Newsom in this I am case, too. And, and by the way, this is a, the byproduct. This, these rulings on gun control are a byproduct of the mythology around the Second Amendment that didn't really happen there's so much about this thing about guns and, and their yeah. place in the development of, of American history and all that is just a bald-faced lie, but it's now mythology. And, and these people, these, the judges and people like him, play on that mythology, that it's baked into the American yeah. experience, which is not true. Yeah, it's pretty much started in the 1960s when the National Rifle Association yeah. went from being a, a decent organization that right. taught, taught people about gun safety, safety yeah. to being an organization that was in cahoots with gun manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. From Scientific American, within every American nuclear weapon sits a bowling ball-sized sphere of the strangest element on the planet. This sphere, called a plutonium pit, is the bomb's central core. It's surrounded by uh, conventional explosives, and when those explosives blow, the plutonium is compressed and its atoms begin to split, releasing radiation and heating the material around it. Yeah. 
The reaction ignites a sequence of events that makes nuclear weapons nuclear. In modern weapons, there is another level of nuclear blast when the plutonium fission ignites a second, more powerful stage in which hydrogen atoms undergo nuclear fusion, releasing even more energy. The U.S. hasn't made plutonium pits in a significant way since the late 1980s. But that's changing now. The U.S. is modernizing its nuclear arsenal, making upgrades to old weapons and building new ones. Why? Yeah. I mean, seriously, why? Oh, you're asking me why? Yeah. Because these pits now are decomposing. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And they just use that as an excuse to start building new weapons as long as they're building their new pits. Right. Instead of using this as an opportunity to start eliminating the thousands of nuclear weapons that we currently have in our arsenal, as using it as a way to transition away from a certain destruction of the planet, we can't use these things. That's my point. We cannot use these weapons. It will assure the destruction of the, of the race. We're an odd group, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, we're making things yeah. to that destroy will, all of that us. That will ensure our destruction yeah. as a species. And we use it as a threat against the other guy. Well, you, it's okay. a game of chicken. Yeah, it is a game of chicken. But yeah. as, as I've heard many, many, many times from people a lot smarter than me, they say, you don't need more than 100 of these things to be a credible threat to the rest of the world. You don't need more than 100. A hundred is more than enough to take care of anything and everything you would ever have to do. With and the more you have, the more potential there is for an accident. Yeah, exactly. And even a hundred is kind of repugnant. But nonetheless, if that's what we need to assure that no one will attack us with nuclear weapons, it is a price to be paid, I guess. I guess. The U.S. is modernizing its nuclear arsenal, making upgrades to old weapons and building new ones. To accomplish this, the National Nuclear Security Administration has enacted Mm -hmm. a controversial plan to produce 80 new plutonium pits a year. 80. 80, yeah. Not everyone believes all this plutonium pit work is necessary. No, I'm (laughs) one of them. Yeah, I think you. And me too. Pit production foments controversy because it's costly and potentially risky. Well, duh. Yeah, they don't I mean, know those are two right there. reasons that... What do they do with the byproducts? It's just obvious. Yeah. If it weren't costly, everybody would have them. Yeah. And if it wasn't potentially risky, you know, who cares? You yeah. got a plutonium yeah. pit that could yeah. blow up yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You know, who cares? Plutonium pits are us. You could go down there and pick up a couple of, you know, a couple yeah. of the, uh, just maybe neighborhood. You know, Four ninety nine. you could get a good yeah. used plutonium pit. Used plutonium. Maybe you use it in your barbecuing. And because the existing pits might still work for a while, that's another reason. Yeah, that's... that's so why don't we just kind of run these things out yeah. and make it illegal for anyone to, to produce plutonium pits? You know, I have a hard time believing that as as the premier of Chinese or the president of Russia or something sitting around contemplating whether or not to they're going to attack the U.S. or the U.S. is going to attack them that they're thinking well you know they have the old plutonium pits on the on, you <laughs> Wait know a second. just a second here I don't think we have to worry about this you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine California visit us on the web at KUCI.org on Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM <laughs> 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 yeah
From the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund, or as they say, UNICEF, there have been 30,601 confirmed cases of measles in Europe and Central Asia between January and December 5, 2023, mm. up, up from 909 through 2022, marking a 3,266% increase in cases of the vaccine-preventable disease. Measles has a devastating effect on children's health with sometimes fatal consequences. It causes long-lasting weakening of children's immune systems, making them more vulnerable to other infectious diseases, including pneumonia. The increase in measles cases is attributed to a decrease in immunization coverage. Mm misinformation, disruption of health services, and weak primary health care systems are some of the contributing factors. Latest data show that an estimated one million children in Europe and Central Asia missed out entirely or partially on routine immunization from 2019 to 2021. So this is the blowback from the pandemic, I yeah, guess you call yeah, it. Yeah. From Los Angeles Times, if 100 homeless people were given $750 per month for a year, no questions asked, what would they spend it on? That question was at the core of a new study, and the results were so promising that the researchers published the results after only six months. The answer, money well spent on food, 36.6% of the money given. Housing, 19.5%. Transportation, 12.7%. Clothing, 11.5% and healthcare, 6.2%, leaving only 13.6% uncategorized. I would say that the uncategorized amount of anyone else's income is far greater than 13.6% if the only other categories are healthcare, food, housing, transportation, and clothing. This has been proven for decades that when people who are in need get money, these, these uh, cities now who are, have this basic income yep. initiative going... They spend it, first of all, they turn it right back around into the community by buying food, by yeah. buying things that they need, clothing. It's great. It, it's it, great it's for it's the a economy. It's a stimulus to the economy. Oh, every single politician should be homeless for a month. That's the qualification for running for office. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I in, mean, in, literally in, homeless. On, You're out in the street, yeah. you got nothing. Yeah. Maybe you got 100 bucks a week. Right. Make it work. Make it work. Yeah. That's a great idea. And you have no idea what it is to be homeless, too, because most of your time, you say, why don't they get a job? Well, most of your time is finding a place to sleep at night. And, yeah, and eating poop. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, this is their day. Without getting caught or pulled over or harassed by the police. And the police in Irvine do their fair share of harassing, pushing people out the border over into Santa Ana, That's exactly too. right. They drive them up right over the border, set them down. Yeah. From Los Angeles Times. A Vatican tribunal convicted a cardinal of embezzlement and sentenced him to five and a half years in prison. Cardinal Angelo Becciu, the first cardinal ever prosecuted by the Vatican criminal court, and nine other defendants received a combination of guilty verdicts and acquittals among the nearly 50 charges brought against them during the two and a half year trial. The trial focused on the Vatican Secretary of State's 350 million euro investment in developing a former Herod's warehouse into luxury apartments. So I'm guessing that uh, 
investing in luxury apartments is part of the Vatican's plan for ending homelessness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure you're right. Um, thanks, Pope. Yeah. Prosecutors allege Vatican monsignors and brokers fleeced the Holy See. That's my my favorite. Uh, That's a great phrase one. of the word. Yeah, that, of that, the week. Yeah, yeah. Fleece the Holy See. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> well, fleecing the Holy See. Hey. Prosecutors allege Vatican monsignors and brokers fleeced the Holy See of tens of millions of euros in fees and commissions, and then extorted the Holy See for fifteen million euros to see control of the building. <laughs> From Police One. I have a copy of Police One next to my Police One. Police what is, One. What? What, oh, tell me what that is. That's a police magazine. Oh, yeah, okay. Police One. Police One, okay. Or if they have police too. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Oh, my gosh. California police will soon be required to tell drivers why they've stopped them. Oh. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. This is a good one. Yeah. Before they can start asking questions. Yeah. So it's not this, the old thing was, do you know what you were doing? You know how fast you were going? Yeah. 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 Or they no, just I walk up and stare at you for about <laughs> 10 seconds and you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> that really? You know how fast I was going. Yeah, right. I was going 120. How fast were you going? You must have been going a lot faster because you caught me. Okay, so who's at fault here? No, no. The new bill, AB 2773, which takes effect January 1st, 2024, will also require all police agencies to track whether officers who stop drivers are complying with the law. Okay. So they're going to track the officers during this, too. The changes to what police are required to tell drivers could also lead to fewer of what are known as pretextual stops. That is, the police practice of stopping drivers purportedly for minor traffic violations with the intent of searching the, tri the driver's car for contraband like drugs and firearms. The bill would target stops whose predicate is mostly discretionary and constitutes a minor infraction like overlaid tinted windows, dangling objects on a windshield, or broken taillights. Police have used such stops for decades when attempting to break up suspected drug trafficking operations in local communities and to frame people. Mm -hmm. I added that little bit on my own, yeah, but yeah. it seems like they have. We've found a number of cases where that's been true or where we've seen it escalate into something really truly tragic yeah the practice remains legal you know, the um, pretextual stops remain legal with the u.s supreme court upholding the constitutionality of pretextual stops in several rulings but this california law could lessen that and i think it's you know first the first thing to me is they should tell you what you're being pulled over yeah, for yeah from Los Angeles Times. You know, my grandfather was a cop. No. I come from a cop family. I think you That's told me I think that, that gives yeah. me a certain license here. Yeah. From Los Angeles Times, as a shortage of Adderall stretches into its second year, millions of patients are struggling to fill their prescriptions in U.S. pharmacy. But in Mexico, mm -hmm. some pharmacies are selling counterfeits of methamphetamine, while others contain appetite suppressants, acetaminophen, or caffeine. A new round of testing in Cabo San Lucas and Puerto Vallarta found that counterfeiters in both beachfront cities are now passing off a wider array of substances as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder medications and selling the pills not only as Adderall, but sometimes as a similar medication called Vivance, okay. which is another you know, attention deficit disorder medication. You get that? 
you're buying that, and next thing you know, you've got methamphetamine. And instead of just uh, selling loose tablets one at a time, these pharmacies, they used to do onesies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Dozens of drugstores are offering deep fake counterfeited bottles, complete with drug identification codes, lot numbers, and sometimes even holographic anti-tamper seals. Mm-hmm. You know, those little yeah. shiny things they put on them? Yeah. This suggests the drug cartels are involved. You wouldn't have this consistency or sophistication in the packaging if you didn't have a big actor behind exactly it. Exactly right. From Scientific American. The sun unleashed an X-class solar flare on December 14, blasting out an immense pulse of high-energy radiation that was captured on video by NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory spacecraft. Solar physicists classify strong flares into three categories, with C being the weakest, M being the middle group, and X the most potent, so this is an X-class here. Hmm. Based on the drift rate of the radio burst, the emerging coronal mass ejections velocity could exceed 4.7 million miles per hour. Mm. That's moving along. It is. I'd like to go that fast. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. For a few seconds, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how fast you were going? Well, officer, I think it was 4.7 million miles per hour, but... Coronal mass ejections that hit Earth can spawn geomagnetic storms, which can disrupt power grids and other infrastructure. They also supercharge the auroras, making these celestial light shows more intense and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and visible over greater areas, too. Yeah. They were seeing the uh, northern lights like in Nevada. Yeah, yeah, I I read that, yeah, yeah. But that radiation can still affect our lives, for example, by affecting the signals sent out by GPS and communication satellites and causing radio blackouts. We could see more solar action soon. Solar activity waxes and wanes on an 11-year cycle. The U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration predicts that the current solar cycle will peak between January and October of next year. That's a big window, but... (laughs) You know, either it's going to be over next week or maybe in Halloween. Maybe next year. From the Associated Press, for the first time since 1972's Apollo 17 mission, the U.S. is about to launch spacecraft that will attempt soft landings on the moon's surface. But in a twist, these two uncrewed missions aren't operated by NASA. Instead, they're run by private companies. As soon as January 8th, the Pittsburgh-based company Astrobotic, which will be on its way to the moon with a boxy lander called Peregrine, And on January 12th, the Houston-based company Intuitive Machines will follow suit with its lander called Nova Sea. Combined, the missions will be flying about a dozen payloads on behalf of NASA, as well as other objects that include a pair of questionable baubles, Mm. a physical Bitcoin, and a miniature sculpture by artist Jeff Koons. I guess they're paying for it, you know, that's, Jeff or his, his agents are. Oh, yeah. The spacecraft are flying under the banner of NASA's commercial lunar payload services. That would be CLIPS initiative, which is encouraging private industry to take over the routine delivery of scientific instruments to the moon. In 2019, NASA paid Astrobotic $79.5 million and Intuitive Machines $77 million for the company's imminent missions, a fraction of what it spent on robotic landers in the past. So they're saving money there. And from the Los Angeles Times, one of the greatest fears of cyclists is getting doored, a collision caused by a driver or passenger opening a car door into an oncoming cyclist. 
but being doored is preventable with greater awareness and better infrastructure. In California, motorists are mandated to not open a door unless it is reasonably safe to do so and can be done without interfering with the movement of such traffic, according to state vehicle code. Nonetheless, drivers and passengers are less conscious of cyclists and non-motorists on the road. Law enforcement will not arrest motorists who cause dooring collisions if no malicious intent can be proven. To prevent being doored, cyclists monitor as many telltale signs as possible, like shadows, brake lights, actions of people sitting in the driver's seat. One way automobile passengers and drivers can prevent dooring is by looking in their rearview mirror and adopting the Dutch reach. That sounds sexual to me, Mm -hmm. but that's not. It's... In fact, when drivers or passengers open car doors with the hand farthest from the door. So you're driving, you open it with your right hand. If you're driving in Britain, of course, you open it with your left hand. Okay, so that way you can't open the door very far. Well, yeah, well, it does that, and it also forces you to look behind. Mm, Because you're turning your body around. Uh, With infrastructure, parking protected bike lanes similar to those found in downtown L.A. and in Santa Ana down sections of Bristol contain buffer zones that separate cyclists from parked cars and oncoming traffic to prevent them from being doored, among other things. From the New York Times, a Barbie doll in the likeness of Wilma Mankiller, the first woman to be elected chief of the Cherokee Nation, has been hailed by tribal citizens but it's also been lamented for its inaccuracies. The doll's packaging used the wrong set of symbols used for the Cherokee language and for the Cherokee Nation seal. As a result, instead of reading Cherokee Nation, the package reads Chicken Nation. I don't like to blame anybody, but I really do wish they could have gotten the packaging correct, said Pamela Iron, the executive director of the nonprofit American Indian Resource Center and a close friend of Wilma Mankiller. Born in 1945, Mankiller was chief of the Cherokee Nation from 1985 to 1995, during which tribal membership more than doubled. Mankiller focused on education, housing, health care, and women's rights during her tenure, which ended after a decade because of her poor health. In 1998, President Bill Clinton awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. Mankiller died on April 6, 2010, at age 64, from pancreatic cancer. She got her last name from her parents. Mankiller, an old term for, of respect for Indian warriors, warriors who guarded tribal villages. It's not an unusual name in Oklahoma, where she was born. There are four killers and ten killers and white killers, too. But outside of Oklahoma, Mankiller said, it draws comments, questions, and even nervous laughs. Some people do earn their names in native culture, explained Mankiller. I didn't, but I don't always tell people that. Sometimes I just say that Mankiller is my name. I earned it, and I let them wonder. I like, I like her. I like Wilma a lot. And finally, from The Guardian. Doctors in Britain discovered that Christmas time is associated with a significantly increased risk of penile fractures a medical emergency in which the erection-producing regions of the penis snap, usually as a result of forceful bending during over-enthusiastic sexual intercourse. 
This injury tends to occur during wild sex, particularly in positions where you're not in direct eye contact with your partner, such as the reverse cowgirl, said Dr. Nicholas Pyrogetes, a urologist at the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich. That sounds who, made up. Who led the research. I looked it up. Okay. I looked Max it up. Civilian. I looked up okay. all these things. I always fact check <laughs> okay. everything. Sounds made up. But Dr. Nicholas Perigetes would disagree with you. The fractures are often heralded by an audible crack, followed by severe pain, rapid loss of erection, and severe swelling and bruising. When patients present to their doctor, their penis often looks like an eggplant, he said. I do want to wish everyone yeah. uh, a uh, Merry Christmas yeah. and stay safe. Stay Don't safe. snap your penis. No. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.